And we are rolling. Ah, live again at last. Da, 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 da. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And don't do this, mass movement destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow. It is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. Hello and welcome again to episode number 18 of Mass Movement Presents, sponsored by Engineer Records. Back in the seat, to the left of me, is Tim. How are you doing, Tim? Is it left or is it right? Is it, is it, <laughs> I guess kind of it left. depends on your perspective. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, not like the right? lockdown anymore. Good to see you. <laughs> you are literally the first person I've seen by my family in four months. It's been hard, man. It's been hard. It's, yeah, it's been difficult. But, you know slowly sort of uh, starting to getting back to normal yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yes. you can catch us twice a month on iTunes Podbean Apple Music and most other places where podcasts are available and we thank you for joining us once again and as lockdown slowly subsides and the new normal becomes a reality we as ever will look to bring you a packed shows full of geek goodness great tunes interesting interviews and we'll talk about some great beer along the way but first of all Tim is mad as hell and he's not going to take it anymore. No, I'm not. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. How quickly people forget. How quickly people forget, okay. All right, so the thing is, we've been doing mass movement for years. Yeah. And we have pushed bands, and we've interviewed people, and we've done favours for them, right? Yeah. When it comes time to return the favour, some people are very, very reluctant, have very short memories about all the stuff you've done for them. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So I asked them... Um, couple of bands if they could mention my book via their social media okay right? both bands I reviewed both bands I've interviewed one of these bands uh, their singer used to be a really good mate and he used to hang around and spend time with us neither of them even got back to me about it and it's just typical of this attitude where hardcore is really cliquey yeah, yeah and unless you're moving within those certain cliques at only one moment in time you are pushed aside and you've forgotten and it's almost like doesn't matter what you've done what have you done for me today and I'll ask you to you know people ask you to do them favours but they'll never return yeah return it that's not long I mean if somebody does me a good turn yeah I don't quickly I don't, I don't forget you know I won't I, well, it's, it's, it stays it's, in the mind it's just you know the whole, the whole idea with hardcore is always like we're all in this together and it's a bullshit idea because yeah. it, it, it doesn't make any sense and everybody just espouses it to sell records or get away there are some incredible people out there, oh, better about, all right, who would give you the shirt off their back, and I cannot say enough good things about. Them, yeah, I agree. Right? Yeah. So, you know, like for instance, uh, Vicky Martin, who works for Paris Press Records, used to work for Revelation Records. Yeah. Hardest working person I've ever met in hardcore, literally, and she is one of the sweetest, most awesome people you will ever meet. Right? She could not do enough for you. She's awesome. Yeah. She is the ideal by which I compare everybody in hardcore. Yeah, yeah. This is, and it sounds like I'm holding 
Vika up on a platform and I am right yeah. because that's what we should all aspire try to be like aspire yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah. another good example like the Barstool Preachers you met those guys yeah 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 good guys they are incredible yeah. they're a band who will, who will literally break their back for you yeah right? yeah agreed. on the other hand some of the more established older bands couldn't give a shit yeah that's not that's you know? not that's not if, you, it's if not you've like, done something for them then they right, well, and, that, and it's nothing to share something on social right, media is that's, it? that's it and it's like go back to Vicky she's been around longer than we are yeah right but she's she's never forgotten that sort of ideal it's mm. always driven and that is why I you know personally I aspire to be like Vic or like Glasper yeah right another fucking amazing guy yeah or David from Engineer another great bloke yeah these are the people you should aspire to be like not the other people if somebody does you a turn pay it back pay it forward pay it on yeah you know exactly. that's the ideal you should be espousing not this oh well you did some of us one point well we were mates then but you know now I've moved on to bigger and better things and I've forgotten all about you because I do whatever and it's yeah. just, it just you're still a little man yeah yeah kicks me in the arse like, yeah every single fucking time that's bullshit that is yeah because you know got a book out and I would like people to buy this book yeah right and all I said is all, literally all I asked for was just mention it on your social media pages yeah. that's all Not, I don't want you to keep pushing it one mention that's all yeah, yeah. couldn't even do that you well, it's like, I mean, yeah. I've interviewed these bands reviewed their records been yeah. their shows interviewed them for other people and it's just like oh just do one, man, you know? Well, even doing this podcast, I mean, sometimes you feel like you're sort of um, fighting a, you know, fighting everybody about it. It's like, no, you know, Max Moon has done a lot for you over the years. Yeah. Just share. Just do this. Just, I mean, yeah, we're, so not dissing, we're not dissing on people now. I mean, we've we've built up a, you know, quite a, quite a backing now of, yeah. of people who listen to us and enjoy what we're doing. Right. But... And what, not, we don't, what we don't see is the, the other side of that. Yeah, I'm not slagging them because like I said, they are amazing people in yeah. They really are. Totally, yeah. And they're amazing people in comics. And But in every sort of area of life, there are dickheads. And it shouldn't creep into something like hardcore, I don't think. No. It does, but it shouldn't. Hardcore doesn't lend itself to that sort of douchebag attitude. Yeah, but, it, but unfortunately, people use it as a stepping stone to move on to whatever else. Yeah. You know, and the rest of us who are still who still believe, who still think this way, we're just left behind them. Yeah, yeah. And it just gets in my, gets in my tits. Makes you mad as hell. <laughs> makes, makes me mad as hell. I don't want to take it anymore. My life has meaning, goddammit. <laughs> I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. The one person we won't forget is uh, Mr. John Saxon. Oh, mate. Passed away this week, July, 20, July 25th. Age, well, he was nearly 84. He was 84 next month. Yeah. Legendary guy. He was just one of those guys. I mean, uh, Enter the Dragon and Nightmare on Elm Street aside, because they're right. the ones he's known for. He was a movie actor. Yeah, and he was just in TV. Yeah, he was doing working. Wonder Woman, Starskin Hatch, Police Story, Hawaii Five O, Eighteen, Magnum. Yeah, he was in all of those, <laughs> and he never ever stopped. And yeah, for me, there are two roles to define John Saxon. And this okay. is Nightmare on Elm Street because I think that's a little old pap. Right? Okay, I literally just. Oh, good grief! T- yeah. Dreadful, dreadful idea. <laughs> um, for me, it's it's Roper in yeah. Enter the Dragon. Yeah. And Sador the Malmori from Battle Beyond the Stars. Of course, yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know he's Sador and he's Roper. Yeah, of course. I mean, when I went to see uh, Battle Beyond the Stars in, in, in the cinema, I remember thinking, <gasps> it's Roper. Yeah. 
and I saw Enter the Dragon at a really formative age. So, to me, it's the it became the definitive martial arts film, and it still is. Still is, yeah. Um, He's a really memorable character in that, though, isn't he? I'm surprised they didn't yeah. catapult him further than they did. I, t- I have no idea why his career didn't take off, and I yeah. think maybe because Enter the Dragon was supposed to be his big movie vehicle. It was supposed to be his big franchise push. Yeah. But when you look at the circumstances surrounding its release with Bruce Lee's death, everybody else, like Jim Williams as well, it's supposed to be his big push, yeah, Jim yeah. Williams and John Saxon, mm. they are sort of relegated because of the circumstances surrounding that film. And the way, when it gets released, it's Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee, or the next martial artist. So yeah. then Bruce Lee's onto Chuck Norris, and Chuck Norris did um, Way of the Dragon with Bruce Lee. So Chuck Norris then takes that accolade that maybe John Saxon should have had. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uses it to springboard his career it, it, it's always a shame John Saxon should have been massive he should have been mm. huge but he never was because he was, he was a definitive character actually. he never played the sort of same character twice yeah that's right yeah yeah. and it's just a damn shame when I Enter the Dragon is on see so flicking through channels yeah so you Enter the Dragon it just still draws me in now that, oh, yeah, yeah. If, if it's on it's on if, well, I, if I switch, switch past channels and it's it's there that's my night then. Enter the Dragon was the very first film I saw on video. Okay. Because um, was always the big box as well. Oh, the big box. No, it, it, it's brand new. So my mate Ting um, in Porth Call had a was the first person we knew had a video recorder. Okay. Um, so we, me and another guy called Chris, went around his house on a Sunday. It's like 1979, 1980 maybe. Yeah. And he put Enter the Dragon on for us, and it was the you know, complete uncut video version of yeah time. so it's on this big ka-chunk 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 yeah. ka-chunk lever videos <laughs> so it all starts the whole process off and I just remember being transfixed by the film yeah you know and so it instantly that, draws you in it's just yeah at the time it wasn't about rope but it was just like you know oh do you miss all the heavenly glory yeah yeah Lee just is he's, he's, he's he was always magnetic yeah he was Yeah, when he was on screen your attention was always on Bruce Lee it didn't matter who else was there or yeah. what else was happening Bruce Lee was just the centre of attention all the time. well he's just on the boat going to the island yeah and he's just sort of sat there and you're thinking he just draws you in you're like okay I want to know why he's sat there because he's just sat there sort of peaceful and sort of looking ahead and you're like oh, ultra what? serenity yeah. yeah 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 but it draws you in for some reason it's, it's ridiculous it's a kind of boat but it's like the, the nunchuck scene yeah yeah and he pounds everybody with his nunchucks and then he just sits down wraps them around his neck and he's done and it's like literally done yeah switches off and you think I know it's a film there's probably multiple takes and all that kind of stuff but just that sort of serenity and calm that he possessed and you know, when you read it when you see interviews with him in, in, as you grow up and you read about his life he was just sort of this really focused serene individual who just knew what he wanted from life yeah and you, know, you aspire to try and capture that same, that same sort of magic in your own, and it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there's only one Bruce Lee. And that brings you back to John Sachs, because there's only ever one John Sachs. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else would have worked in the role of Roper at that time. I really no, don't. no, no, I can't see anybody else in that role. So and iconic. Just, yeah, and it's just, yeah, he's, he's going to be missed. Yeah, well, I, I, I met him uh, one time at a, at a con. Um, you know, as you do at a con, you get like a minute if you're lucky with him. Yeah. But he was, you know, he was lovely, he was agreeable. I don't think I bought anything actually, which I feel bad about now. 
I think I just sort of just went and talked to him. I'm yeah. like, Pam, how are you doing? Huh? <laughs> yeah. I, I know you from somewhere. All right, Rupert, how are you doing, Pam? Rupert, boy. <laughs> Knock me out, would you, Rupert? I'll give you a scene to now, sir. No, so, um, yeah, sorely missed. Yeah. Lovely guy. And, you know, the world feels a little bit... Less. Yeah, without him. Without me. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Peprick, Cavalera Conspiracy. And you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. But... On the flip side of that, you've been having some nice beers this week. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had an unexpected box of beer off Siren. Yeah, Siren Craft Brew. Okay. Um, so about, geez, three weeks ago, their PR got in touch. And he emailed me and says, Siren about to launch this new beer. It's called Luminate. It's a Deception IPA. And I was like, oh, I all right. So he says, do you want to put the news out about it? Do I ever? So... I put the news out about it on the site and he pulled some traction and the siren liked it and um, the PR firm liked it and they say, he says, well, do you want me to send you some beers? I was like, well, yeah, I'd like some trustness to this. He says, all right, we'll leave it with me and I'll get you some anyway. Time passes, time passes. And I emailed him and said, yeah, happened these beers? Oh, I've got it. No, nothing's happened. Let me go to siren about it. So they get, he gets on the siren about it and the next thing I know, there's a knock at the door and there's a courier with a boxer beers and a glass and all sorts of nice promo stuff in there I haven't drank any of them yet because I had other more important things to drink I I had some beer in first before this so I put it in my sort of I have a drink pile so like I've got this for them this for them and this for them it ties in with the whole OCD thing because I know what I signed time it's really crap (laughs) (laughs) you can't get us for this now alright so (laughs) I have in my head the system worked out, right? Okay. Well, I can drink beer, and well, I cannot drink beer. Right. So I drink beer on a Friday and a Saturday night. Okay. That's it. I don't drink beer for the rest of the week. Right. Um, I'll have a couple of bourbons and ginger on a Thursday night. Yeah. After I've cooked food, I and got it all done and sorted. I shall sit down and do the whimsical thing, like you know, like your bubble pipe on your pa 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 pa. I ponder about the world with good bourbon and ginger. But I drink beer on a Friday and a Saturday night. And I limit myself to the amount of beer I can drink during those times. Right? So okay. I'll have like five on a Friday and maybe five or six on a Saturday. Okay. And I'm not talking like pints, like 330ml cans. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Beer. And that's it. So I add the siren box has gone into my queue of beer for when I can have beer. So this Friday and this Saturday, I'll be drinking the siren brew. So you saved yourself for the Simon Brew? No, I just... Sort of, because it's like, I'll have them on Friday and a Saturday, and then Sunday, um, I don't, I, I've got a day to myself to do what I want to do, and I'll have to because it's my birthday on Sunday. So yeah. I'm going to be spending that chilling. So I'll get to, like, will I have a hangover on Sunday morning? It depends which of the Simon Brews <laughs> I've done. It's a really anal sort of OCD thing that I... I like it. it. It works, though. It works, because that works will keep my brain ticking over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, I've been... Um, I discovered... I mean, uh, you know... I know you've heard of them before. Yeah. Buttcombe Brewery. A very it's unfortunate name. fortunate name for yeah. a brewery ever. Yeah, so, I mean, it was a sort of... They, they we had it before, though. Because we drank Buckingham before. I'm sure we did, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. did, because we, when we played the Dragonfly... With ATOT. Ah, okay. They had Buckham beers on, on tap there. Right. And we had, that's where we had them. Right, okay. All right, so that's how I know the name. Okay. 
Well, I think that there's a sort of, in Aldi, there's a sort of value range. I was like, yeah. okay, let's have a look at these. And I knew I knew the name somewhere, so yeah. perhaps that's where it was. I picked up uh, an IPA. I gotta say, it was lovely. It was beautiful. It was um, called Stateside Session IPA. US style IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they, is like more heavily hopped than just. Yeah, but it's a mix of US and UK uh, hops and malts. Very citrusy, which I'm into at the moment. Yeah. Um, but it also retained that sort of malty taste too. And it was a ridiculous price for four beers. And I've thoroughly enjoyed I won't expect it much, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. But um, thoroughly enjoyed them. So I would definitely. Well, it's like that other brewery I've been enjoying at the moment. Because. Because I've been going to Morrison's and doing shopping there. Yeah. All the monk have got to deal with Morrison's. Yeah, yeah, okay. My goodness, they make some incredible beer. They yeah, it's a mind-blowing beer. They're on the rise, they know yeah, the monk. They got a, a a Neapolitan ice cream like pale ale. Yeah. And the only way to describe it is it tastes like 1977 ice cream. Right. But with all a really refreshing sort of kicking in the teeth of a modern pale ale it's just it's, it's an incredible nice. beer it's really really nice what's well, on the Steve I mean you know Steve Watts yeah, shout out Steve. Steve little Steve woo yeah. worse than Steve. Uh, Steve. monk he was telling me about this new uh, Pim's flavoured beer yeah. that got and that sounds quite interesting that sounds very interesting yeah yeah, yeah. so um, I think it's only available in the brewery at the moment it's got sort of see little Steve right to me has gone from like the dude who came to hardcore shows used to hang out and we'd, we'd, we'd chat like and yeah. he had his Pokemon cards out Yes, yeah, and, yeah. Um, to Steve Watts, the you know the mate who's really funny and just really acerbic and really dry. Yeah, and you know he's he's one of the guys right who I would put up with, like Glasper and all those sort of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I one of the good guys. Yeah, Steve is one of the very good guys. I, I said this from last year. He came to one of my shows I put on, and the band I can't remember what the band was, but they covered Chromax. Yeah, and um, Steve was there, and I hadn't seen him for donkeys years. And uh, next thing I know, he's uh, I, I look and there's Steve uh, singing along the Chromags. Like, grabbing the mic. Yeah, grabbing the mic. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like, yeah, there's Steve. Yeah. That's what Steve. As soon as, as, soon as that, duh, duh, yeah, yeah. Wham, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's Steve all the yeah. time. So shout out Steve, Northern Monk. All right, buddy, how are you doing? <laughs> let's have a track, shall we? Yeah, let's have a track. All right, cool. So this is from a band called Wise Up. They've got a new demo and it's two tracks. And honestly, it's blown me away. they got that sort of... Where are they from then? Newcastle. Newcastle. So they got that sort of 90s vibe going on, sort of, you know, somewhere between sort of Scarhead, Marauder, Injury Time, 50 oh, so, so it's more like your sort of era of hardcore, wasn't Yeah, it? but imagine like sort of like, it's the vocals that got me, sort of Paul Bear sort of vocals going on, really gruff, oh. shouty. Oh, you got me now. So, um, yeah, this is uh, Wise Up and the track is called Dropout.
that was Wise Up with Dropout um, that's on their 20, 2020 demo which is available on Bandcamp now um, I firmly recommend you get it absolutely awesome is it a free download or is it like I think it is a free download but you know chuck them a couple of quid even better yeah, name your price yeah. but chuck them a pound yeah chuck them no a couple truth. of quid because they deserve it or um, even if you're feeling frisky and a bit like you know oh <laughs> I'm a bit frivolous at the moment I'm a bit loaded I'll chuck you three pounds <laughs> Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. So continuing on from, um, you know, we've looked at the Star Wars, the original trilogy, we looked at the prequel trilogy. <laughs> so now we're going to look at the sequel trilogy and see how we look and how we feel about that now. Yeah, how we feel about that. It's still brilliant. Yeah, I yeah, think so, yeah. I, mean, I don't just... think we've got the time and distance to look at it with a more critical eye no I mean we still have ages in a few years and then yeah yeah I mean I, 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 I'm not I'm still not in a position beyond like the Star Wars the Star Wars I'm not beyond that point yet. no 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 totally not yeah. Yeah. Um, so The Force Awakens first of all then what was your what was your take on that when you first saw it when I first saw it yeah right it's I loved every second right? me too but when those credits rolled at the end Mm. I did sit there I don't mind a minute because I did it because Star Wars was always especially the initial trilogy was about seeing it with, with my own man yeah you know because he took me to see Star Wars in the cinema yeah and it just felt like seeing the first film all over again yeah yeah watching the force works had that same sort of impact that same sort of magic it was just yeah yeah it really felt like um well i felt a little bit disconnected from the prequels um, i felt completely disconnected this felt like yeah i'm back in that place yeah um instantly it's that time it's that place it's mm. that universe it, it, it looks similarly lived in it just looks yeah. beat up it looks like everything has a purpose and nothing has gone to waste there's a reason for everything yeah and everything has its own story any characters that stand out for you for that I, I really enjoyed uh, Maz Kanata right um, I thought she was a good addition to the whole Star Wars sort of uh, universe yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed I completely forgot his name but Simon, right. Simon Pegg's character you that's worth three portions yeah yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't, couldn't give a stuff, right? <laughs> it's all about Finn. I mean, Finn and Finn. Okay. Yeah, Finn is an incredible character. Yeah. Because it just shows you, you don't have to be what you're supposed to be, what you're assigned to be. His whole arc is about him following his own heart, about him rejecting the role that's been forced upon him. Yeah, yeah. 
because um, you know he's just a nameless trooper he's just another nameless individual but he chooses to reject that and become something else and I love that idea that you are not limited by however tiny your origin is yeah I'm like Ray she is left alone on um, what's the face the planet Jakku Jakku yeah. yeah and she th- she thinks she's just another scavenger but her purpose is so much more when she learns to look beyond her humble beginning she realizes the universe of possibility and that universe of possibility flows through and it's, it's, it's like with Finn you know he is just another you know FN well and that's where he takes his name yeah yeah and you realize you these are it's about people reaching out and finding each other and, and becoming more than they are and yeah. right, you know and making a difference in the world and that sort of appeals to me and that's why I think Finn's such a good character Kylo Ren he's alright I like Kylo Ren I like you do, do you? yeah yeah I like the redemption arc I like yeah, the idea yeah. that you don't yeah. have to be that you you don't need to be defined by your past I, I like that idea yeah yeah but that's that resonates on Star Wars, doesn't it? Really, mm. that's always been sort of. A thing. But it's just you know, as is the father, as is the son, and it's just carries mm. on. But uh, you know, skip the generation, as is the grandfather, as is the son. So yeah. he finds the goodness that's inherent in him all the way through, and it yeah. comes to it, it just appears at the end. The Last Jedi is the one that sort of splits people. Um, it's got its moments where you go, oh, really, okay. I, I, don't, I don't think that whole sort of um, what was the name of that I Canto Bite didn't work for me Canto Bite right. yeah but it only didn't work for me because it should have been like um, like an Oceans film one of those sort of like a heist movie yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. should have had that feel to it but yeah. it was sort of let's pander to the kids and I know people will say Star Wars is a kids film so it's only you know, they're using it to reinforce the idea that you know it doesn't again the humble origins you can from yeah, humble yeah. origins great things can happen the small the small lake or my, the mighty oak grows that's the idea behind that I, I, I get it but I wanted to be a heist movie and I didn't like Space Layer it's oh, terrible no. but I didn't like Space Layer oh, no, Mary Poppins moment yeah yeah flying through space oh, they could have been the force. a lot of better ways they could have shown us she's a force user or she's yeah I mean, yeah. we've always sort of suspected, suspected yeah. but confirming yeah. it was yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Rise of Skywalker then. JJ back at the helm after, um, what's his name, Johnson? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, yeah. yeah. Um, so, JJ back at the helm for this. This seemed a bit of a. I loved it, don't get me wrong, but it seemed to be a bit thrown together at the end, didn't it? It seemed. You've got to. It was like time of loose ends everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's too much chasing its own tail in places for it to actually become as effective I mean it tied off the franchise beautifully no yeah um, the final confrontation when Kylo Ren comes to help Rey and they fight together that was yeah. wonderfully done yeah um, that final shot where she's on Tatooine with the dual suns rising that yeah. mir- echoing the beginning of Star Wars perfect just, was, yeah. Was, yeah it was just the perfect way to end it yeah um, were there bits in it that I just went oh, good grief yeah because I think Finn was underused I think Poe Dameron was underused yeah I would have liked to see more Orlando because who doesn't want to see more Orlando all yeah. the time you know yeah yeah. effortlessly cool he's just the definition of swagger and sophistication it's like, yeah hey. you know I don't like the fact that they killed off um I don't know the oh yes don't like that yeah love the fact that Wedge appeared 
Yes, yeah, yeah, he's much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was overall. It's it's a great film. It yeah, really is. So, yeah, yeah. Um, problem is, nothing's ever going to come close to matching the original trilogy because because that can. formative age. Yeah, nothing's even going to come close. No, nothing can. Really, and you yeah. look at it now and you think, oh, well, that's a bit ropey place. The special effects are a bit down there, but it doesn't matter because they were just oh, time and place. But I do like the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I do as a whole. Yeah, I think as you say though, you know, it's worth revisiting in like five years time. Yeah, at the moment, um, while the original trilogy is a solid A plus, yeah, the sequel trilogy is a minus at the moment for me. Prequel, prequel, that's an F. Must try harder. <laughs> it, it's it's literally, must try, must try it, it, well, it's literally like you know, like when you grade um, kids when they went to school and put them to sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like uh, the prequel trilogy for me is like set nine remedial English. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the people there are like two steps away from, you know, putting their finger up their own asses and licking their fingers. <laughs> it's, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. It's, 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 it's just not my bag, baby. And on that note, we'll move on to uh, <laughs> uh, the trailer that dropped the last week or so. Uh, oh, for Bill face the music. Yeah, man. Oh, man. That is just so, looks so cool. It does, yeah. It ticks all my boxes. I think Shadow Reeves looks a bit strange. He looks a bit, I don't know what it is, there's something, oh, I don't know. Older look... about him, maybe, because yeah. he's, he's a 55-year-old man. Yeah, but it's just something, uh, the, way he, the way they've dressed him, or I don't know, because Alex Winter yeah. still looks built. Yeah, but Alex Winter looks younger than Keanu. Alex Winter hasn't changed one little bit. Like Keanu has grown into a dude who, the problem I think right, is when you look at Keanu Reeves now you don't see Ted anymore no no that's right, right? you see John, John Wick. Wick you see yeah. Neo, Neo right? yeah. Alex Winter is always going to be Bill S. Preston because he's that's never done true. anything that's hit that sort of high that's sort of hit that you know cultural zeitgeist yeah. that Keanu Reeves has done and Keanu, Keanu Reeves is John Wick and now you know so you'll notice it in the way Keanu walks you know because his knees are shot yeah, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. see that all the time where John Wick moves. Yeah. Um, so that's what you look out for. You don't see him as Ted. Yeah, yeah. In the same way you see it. And that's the difference. Because right? Alex, Alex Wynn is still, he's still Bill. Keanu's now John Wick. So it's like, you know, Bill and John's actual adventure, you know? <laughs> Bill and John's actual adventure. You killed my dog, <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the, the trailer, though? I mean, the way it looks like it's going. Do you please with it? Brilliant! Yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to yeah, see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Um, I'm only. Um, my wife, massive Bill and Ted fan. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. So she was looking today at the possibility of seeing her in the cinema. Right. Uh, and it's not looking very good at the moment because it's in an August. It's an early August release. Yeah. So we're still hanging on to the hope that we can, but um, it looks um, like it might be released straight to be, sort of. Uh, it's going to be VOD. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Same as a lot of films. <laughs> I mean, I, like I saw X Invention Cinema. Okay. And then I saw. I saw Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I saw Bogus Journey in Oakhurst, California. Oh wow! Because uh, we'd gone to, to a family holiday, and we were in um, Oakhurst to go to Yosemite. Oh, okay. Cool. So when you come back, in, when we come back in the evenings, when we like, so I just turned, um, just turned nineteen. So there's nothing for me to do in Oakhurst apart from go to the cinema. Yeah. And so folks going off to a bar and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to stay in the hotel room, 
watch cable and eat pizza, and that's a great thing to do. Yeah, it really is. Not getting totally, yeah. I quite enjoyed doing that. Yeah, for a couple of evenings. But there were two films on in the, in the cinema at the time. There were Bernadette's Bogus Journey and Doc Hollywood. Doc, so uh, Doc I Fox, saw, yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> I went to see them both in one evening. Okay. Um, so I saw Doc Hollywood and then Bernadette's Bogus Journey afterwards. Great night. But wow. you know, it didn't didn't matter. I was like seven, eight thousand miles away. I saw. I, I was going to see Bernadette's Bogus Journey. Yeah, yeah. In the home of Bernadette in California. Dude, that is awesome. That's a good so, story, man. Yeah. Well, my my starts with um, metal and adventure. Yeah. I was sort of getting into metal and stuff and rock and See, didn't I, really know how to how I wanted to dress. Didn't have an identity. Right. And I saw these dudes. I was like, I remember. I remember specifically. I was on my paper round, and I thought, right, do you know what? Today I'm going to wear a cap backwards mm. and a check shirt, and I'm going to be Ted. <laughs> <laughs> I grew my hair out slightly, and mm. for like a year or so, I dressed like Ted. Right. And uh, so they helped me in that, in that respect, and then I saw obviously Bogus Journey. Yeah, well, because I remember seeing the trailer for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is what made me go to see it right. um, in the cinema. And it was like, the trailer was it was the Iron Maiden scene. So put them in the Iron Maiden. Iron yes. Maiden! Yeah. Excellent! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that alone sold me on it. When we went to the cinema to see it, we went in my mate David's car. And there were maybe seven people okay. there to see it in the entirety of the cinema because they didn't have that sort of that pull. Yeah, because yeah. it was like, "Put what's this? It, it just it doesn't mean anything to anybody." And then, well, at that point, I suppose Alex Winter was only had he done Lost Boys at that point. But he yeah, he done Lost Boys because he was an action yeah. Lost Boys. But that's I kind of done just only Rivers Edge and, and Rivers Edge. Like but he was doing all those, and he done maybe Young Blood, I think. And Young Blood, yeah, yeah. Um, but at that point, there yeah, they were sort of. On the cusp of yeah, yeah, acting fame and so yeah, because Bill and Ted wasn't a massive cinema in America. It was, but here it didn't have the same sort of impact. It was only Bogus Journey that became the cinema hit here, rather than Excellent right. Adventure. So it's just I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it because you now you know we are Bill and Ted as they are now. You know this like yes failed hopeless dreamers continually thinking well I, I'm just looking for that one last you know <laughs> yeah. bite of the apple before well I, I watched the um, the Comic Con at home panel with them yeah uh, it was hosted by Kevin Smith yeah and it was the two girls it was uh, Alex Keanu and the directors and the girls were born the girls who play their their kids in this yeah. movie were born in the 90s and so they've grown up when you know when they were old enough to start watching movies. Their Keanu is Neo. Their Keanu yeah. is John Wick. Right. So to see what they'd never heard of Bill and Ted. Well, they did hear of Bill and Ted. They never watched right. them. So they've gone back and they've seen Bill and Ted, and they're like, "Oh my God, look at Keanu Reeves here! It's great." Whereas our generation, we know Keanu yeah. as Bill and Ted. Well, that's why that's why we we lose our sense of like who Ted's supposed to be compared to who Bill is supposed to be because. We still identify Keanu now as John Wick because that's who he's become. Like I said, because Alex Winters is a, is a director and he makes yes. documentaries and he does stuff behind the camera. Good so. documentaries too. I really enjoy his stuff. Right, so he but he will always be Bill S. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Keanu Reeves, Ted Theodore Logan is just part of who he is. So just, it's just, I, I guess it's, it's he's Ted to me. He's te he'll always be Ted and he'll always be Johnny Utah. <laughs> so, oh, I, I am not a Point Break fan. Nope, no, no, and I, you know, I, I quite like Patrick Swayze apart from Dirty Dancing, which I've never seen. <laughs> but Roadhouse is one of the greatest. It is. 
<laughs> one of the greatest action films ever made. Oh yeah, Roadhouse. Roadhouse, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll have to do a Roadhouse on a Roadhouse uh, run through one day. On oh yeah, yeah, do deep dive into Roadhouse. Yeah, That'd for cool. sure. Yeah. That would definitely be cool. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. You've been checking out the Omen trilogy, have you? Well, I've watched it again and again and again and again and again. I can't remember how many times I've seen this film. So is this is something it? you re revisit all the time? Yeah? Oh, the Omen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, as I read the novelisation of the Omen before I saw the film. Yeah. And this is back in again, like 1979, 1980. Yeah. Because when I read that, and then he got on video and we watched it there and it had one of, it's one of those films that, again that has a massive impact on you because it's like the first film about the idea the, the idea of, of religious horror that there's yeah, some yeah. significance in prophecy that you know the devil really exists but it doesn't exist in the form that you think it exists yes and I, I kind of thought that yeah I it's like, always had a lasting impact on me I'm with you on that when it's sort of it's not in your face it's not like you know, Satan is some big monster yeah. it's just sort of subtle the devil doesn't appear behind anybody yeah 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 the pitchfork up the bunker <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's the first horror I remember um, watching back in the day right that sort of to me felt a bit like you know I grew up on like Evil Dead Time yeah. on Elm Street this felt a bit more clever yeah um, a bit more a bit more intellect about it yeah it's a lot cleverer than like, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, oh no doubt. <laughs> Most things are. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a Nightmare on Elm Street fan? God no. Okay. So what's your favourite um, the Omen movie? See, I, I, it always changes. Sometimes I like the Omen, sometimes Omen 2 just for the idea that Damien suddenly realises who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Bill Holden's awesome and everything, William Holden. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, how can you argue with Sam Neill as the Antichrist yeah. in the final conflict? Because that's yeah. just, oh my goodness. Brilliant. There's some great scenes. Omen 2 has possibly two of the greatest death scenes I've ever seen. Okay. When the dude gets chopped in half in the elevator. Yeah. And when the reporter is in her car and it breaks down and the crows fly down and peck out her eyes yes so she's staggering down the, staggering down the road and then gets hit by the semi yeah the, the juggernaut yeah that's haunting that is yeah yeah that's the stuff of nightmares and Damien discovering you know his own birthmark and being told who he is and trying to sort of normalise his relationship with his cousin after that point and realising it's his fault his cousin dies yeah 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 take that responsibility on and then completely emotionally shutting himself off from that point onwards because he comes to accept his own destiny and he can't afford to become involved with anybody else but yeah the other ones were amazing so where did you watch those are they, on, are they available on anything or is it just I've got a DVD I've got a DVD trilogy do you know what I I've got I've got it twice because I've got them individually and I've got like the box set they did is it the box set that opens into an inverted cross yes yeah I, I think I've got that yeah somewhere yeah absolutely adore those films so Mass Movement fully recommends the Omen trilogy if yeah. you've not checked them out if you want to watch a, an incredible slice of classic intelligent horror it doesn't come much better than you excellent Jim Trudy. on that note we'll have another track in yeah who are we playing the track by now 
So these guys are on Engineer Records. A new album was out this week. Right. They're called Tired Radio, and this song is called Making Plans.
Okay, so that was Tired Radio with Making Plans. Their new album, Patterns, is out now. They're kind of like street punk. We just talked about this, aren't we? More Americana. More Bruce Springsteen than Bruises. Yeah, blue collar rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. But check them out on Engineer Records, Facebook, Instagram. Go check them out. They're fully worth your time. Hello, guys. This is Johnny from Astroturn, and you are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Uh, moving on, have you checked out what we do in the shadows? You've seen the movie, yeah? I've seen the film. I've yeah. not watched the series, which is odd because, as we were saying, you know, I think Matt Berry's one of the funniest men alive. Oh, he really is, yeah. Um, He's so good in this. And why I haven't seen it, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. But it's one of those things you just go, oh, I'll watch it again, I'll, you know, I'll see it some other time, and then you never actually get around to watching it. Yeah, again, yeah. Or some other time, it just sort of passes you by. So for those who don't know, uh, what we do in the shadows is there's a movie, first of all, starring Taika Waititi and the guys who do uh, Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Taika and uh, Jermaine Clement have now written um, sort of mockumentary TV show as well to accompany it, starring Kevin Novak, Matt Berry, Natasha Dimitriou and uh, Matt Prosk. It's hilarious. It's vampires basically adjusting to living in, the, in this world in, in modern times. Um, they all share a house together, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. I just, I just like the, the when I was watching the film. What I liked about it was the sort of dynamic they had, the really dysfunctional dynamic. Yeah, yeah. And it just, I mean, it's funny and it's all kinds of weird and just odd, and yeah. you know, because it's slightly odd and off kilter with the rest of the world, which is like a lot of type of stuff. Yeah. Um, I absolutely adore Taika Waititi. I mean, oh, he did, dude. He made, he made. He made what I consider to be one of the top three Marvel films. Yes, so yeah, all day long, yeah, amazing guy. Where he writes, directs, and just amazing. And like you watch some of these, um, the extras on the DVDs. You watch the Thor Ragnarok extras, yeah, and Chris Hemsworth and all the, everyone. Um, they're all so happy to be working with him. I think he creates like a a, a really good working environment because he's well, he's um, creating a. a Animated Flash Gordon film for Sony Disney. Is he really? Yeah, he's supposed to be right now. Wow, okay. That'll definitely be worth seeing, and he's been handing his own Star Wars film, apparently. Yes. Um, so. See, when he, when he said that, I was like, yep, I'm. I'm oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll sign off that, I'll go in a second. Yeah, yeah. Just watch his work on Mandalorian, it's just. Yeah. It's sublime. He has an innate feel for um, storytelling and how to create characters who are yeah. just. Is it just slightly off kilter and slightly out of step with the rest of the world? Yeah. Which is why Ragnarok works because Thor is not a believable character, and you put him in it in this whole sort of different world, and he's out he's out of step with that world and the weird characters you got in that world, like Korg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's played by Taika is just you know piss off ghost, and then this <laughs> is yeah, literally just three words piss off ghost. Brilliant. What's happening in Mandalorian? The scene um, that got a lot of people was where those two troopers, the scout troopers, are yeah. pun- punching Baby Yoda in the bag. Yeah. And that was Tiger's Derek. Yeah. It's just a humour to it, which it's a bit jarring, a bit off kilter, but it still fits then, perfectly. Then IG, IG-10, is it, in this? Yeah, IG-10 in this one. Yeah. Turns up and kicks the shit out of the pair of Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get their comeuppance. Yeah. So it's that idea of, he's always got this idea of karma coming back to bite you in the arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in, even if it's in a... In a, in a tiny way yeah you know what you put out of the world will come back to get you yeah 
But going back to what we do in the shadows, I mean, so you got Matt Berry playing sort of like he's an old English sort of vampire, nice. Um, you know, adjusting to the modern world. You got Kyle Novak. He used to be in that phone jacker. See, I never watched that either. Okay, he used to be in that. He sort of plays uh, a character called, called Nando, uh, who's like a very old-fashioned vampire. He used to be a sort of uh, he's like a Vlad the Impaler type. So it's like an old aristocratic sort of. Yeah, sort of you know. Um, Eastern European sort yeah. of accent. You got Natasha Dimitriou who plays uh, Laszlo's Matt Berry's wife. Yeah, she's she's like a Romany sort of gypsy type. And you got one of my favourite characters, Mark Prosky plays Colin Robinson, the uh, the energy vampire who his his thing. He doesn't bite people and drain their blood. Uh. He talks at them <laughs> and bores them and bores their energy out of them. But. Um, the whole thing so there is it's on BBC now I play uh, the download right. I fully recommend anybody to go and uh, download but watch the film too because that's, on, that's yeah. on it's on Netflix it's either on Netflix or Prime yeah I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix at the moment yeah yeah um, definitely that was kind of amusing because one of those things I, you know like you can, I can watch with Siobhan and just sort of like yeah well, I'm talking about stuff and watch with Siobhan what's up this weekend do you know what's up this weekend Umbrella Academy Series 2 Ah, yeah, yes it is, yeah. So I am binging that on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Are they going to dump the whole thing on there, yeah? Yeah, the whole season. absolutely. Yeah, it was Netflix, isn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they're going to dump the season. Yeah. Because it, it's their advantage to dump the season because they get people watching. Everybody wants to watch Netflix for like a 10-hour block. So we're, we're binging Saturday. So Saturday is just like off limits. So if anybody expects an email answer, they can just you know piss off. <laughs> piss off, ghost. You know, don't you? Because I am going to be watching yeah. Umbrella Academy series too. Best thing Jared Way's ever done, both musically well, and here's the thing, right? So his music. <laughs> before, I didn't pay much attention to Jared Way before I watched the Umbrella Academy series, right? Yeah. Because I didn't want to read the books. Because I thought, oh god, is that dude from My Chemical Romance? Emo fop. And um, <laughs> since read the Umbrella Academy books. Yeah. And the books are brilliant. Are they really? Absolutely brilliant. It's sublime storytelling with someone who has. Do you know what? Almost... I, actually remember, I remember reviewing the first one, I'm sure I did for Mass Movement. I, I did think I did the one, and I enjoyed it. Has almost like an innate understanding of the art of how comics work and how characters work in comics, yeah. and he has that down to a T. Oh, he knows his stuff for sure. Yeah. And then I heard his cover of because he did the cover version of Hey Winter, Winter. Yeah. and it's brilliant. Yeah, it is. It's I put it up there. See, the Mamas and the Papas one. Is it the Mamas and Papas? No, it's a uh, Procolarum. Yeah. No, it's not Procolarum. It's Mamas and Papas. Is it popular? Papas and Mamas. <laughs> Some like the Mamas and the Papas. It's not Procolarum. Procolarum okay. did. Um, White shit of pale. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 right, yeah. With that, you know, hippie keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Sitting on their caftans and shit. <laughs> churchyard, when they look like they'd be happy to be taking acid and singing this crap. I know the Bangles did in the 80s as well. Yeah, and the Bangles did it really, really well. Yeah. And I would put Jared Way's version up with the Bangles version. It's not the best version, because that, that was done by Body Jar, an Australian punk band. Okay. Their version of it is just mental. It's. I'll check it on New Year's. Faster than the Jared Way version. Right. And it's kicks him like it if snuff did it but did it on on amphetamines yeah that's what the body jar version it's <laughs> mental excellent so yeah that's, that's what we're doing this weekend so I just wanted to mention that because yeah you know, what we're doing shadows I watch with Swan is, is you're trying to find the you know things like things we can watch together yeah it's 
it's like a Venn diagram with like a teeny weeny overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brenner can't be forced on that, so you know, this it does, yeah. just like it really does, yeah. Booked out because that's what we're doing, we're watching that, and that's yeah. So, just totally good, good TV. All started with the Big Bang. Reliably good for about how many seasons now? 12 seasons? Big well, Bang it's, Theory. It's done, isn't it? It's, it's all finished and done, but yeah. That's weird because we started watching Big Bang Theory in the first season when it was on. Yeah, I did. Because, yeah. Um, um, found out about it in Terminal and the first episode I remember watching was the Time Machine one. Yes. Um, Where they, they pull their money together by the time the right. HQ Wells Yeah, machine. and Sheldon's being all, you know, I've got this, the Time Machine's got to stay with me because... Yeah, know, yeah. And he kept coming up with all these terrible answers and then the Morlock, and they had that dream with the Morlock came together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just hooked from that moment on because there were so many references to, because you, you never see the things you love in a TV show. Yeah. It's very rare. And the um, Big Bang Theory is everything that I sort of loved. Yeah. Um, you know. I remember thinking, this is for us, this is for the geeks. Yeah. How it got so big, I'm not quite sure. Because there must have been a lot of, for, for your average sort of person who's not into sort of comic, think, you know, um, pop culture and whatnot, yeah. a lot of stuff must have flown over their heads. It was like that cultural shift with on the MCU films when they started happening and they started becoming big box office people mm. start to think oh this is interesting this is something we can enjoy you know it's, it's, it's not something we should be making fun of you know drowning trying to drown people in the toilet for because they like comics it's not something yeah. you know, we should yeah. be drowning for and it's the same thing with Doctor Who Doctor Who took on a massive cultural significance in this country Yeah. again when, when with the relaunch but if you if, if in like the early 80s you admitted you were a Doctor Who fan that's it, head down the toilet, flushed away, where's your dinner money? It's not yours anymore, I'm going to kick the shit out of you on the back of school. It made you a bully magnet. All the stuff I loved when I was a kid, and still love now, made me a target of bullies. But all that did to me was gave me a massive dislike for humanity. Yeah. Because I've seen people, what they're capable of, and when people say, oh, I like all that stuff now, but you can't I'm pissed off for the fact you like it because yeah. you used to deride people for liking it and now you decide it's good yeah. you what you deciding suddenly that you love this stuff and you want to embrace it great for you but it doesn't take away from the way you used to make fun of it and you used to try and humiliate people for loving this stuff yeah yeah you know so do you think Big Bang Theory laughs sort of with us or laughs at us at the geek it laughs with us it laughs That's, with yeah. us because it points out that you know it doesn't matter what you love, you you are you. Mm. You know, it, it's Penny. It's, but Penny, the character Penny, is very much the the person, the, the average, outrider. Yeah, the she's, the, person, yeah, she's the outrider trying to understand yeah. and come to terms with a universe that's more intelligent and focused than she is. Mm. It's about taking your passions to the next level and making your passions work for you. Yeah, and yeah. outriders never sort of mainstream society doesn't get that because it's all about in the now what's what's popular at that moment yeah um whereas to us it's something what we the things we love we are passionate about absolutely passionate about it to the point of just apoplexy and you know yeah and in some cases to use a quite phrase orgasm right? it's yeah. like when you see a trailer for star wars yeah you get the fizzy tingle because yeah. that's what oh, because it means something it yeah. means something more than just a casual dumping money down watching the cinema but 
I hate the people who think we should have grown out of this by now. Yeah. Oh, you know, people who say they had a punk phase. Yeah. People who say, oh, I used to be in the comics. Why yeah. is it now? This is a phrase, I, I don't even remember who from the punks said it. If you're not now, you never were. Exactly, right? yeah. It becomes part of who you are. And yeah. if, if you go, well, I used to like that. And you know you didn't. Yeah. It was, it's, it's another throwaway, disposable commodity. To yeah, yeah. It's something you could just pick up and whenever it suits you exactly yeah, if yeah. it was if it was important to you if it became if it was as important to you as you claim it was you'd still be there you'd still be in that yeah. it would still be a part of your life now yeah if you're not now you never were yeah it's just it's it is what that's that's the way you look at everything i guess go back to big bang who was your uh favorite character leonard yeah i, I like leonard i mean the always one is sheldon <laughs> A lot of people sort of I like can relate to Sheldon. I mean, a lot yeah. of others I can relate to Sheldon, right? And, yeah. in the, um, and Emma and Siobhan will say that I most like Sheldon. Okay. Because I have some of the, share the same sort of OCD tendencies. Or, yeah, because yeah. I, I was diagnosed with OCD years ago. And it, it, and you can see things that you do manifest in Sheldon or things that Sheldon does yeah, yeah. manifest the same way in, in your behaviour. And the way you sort of, or the way rather I sort of cling to things and won't let them go um, yeah so yeah that, that manifests but I also like his delight. seat his seat was the, the big yeah that's where I sit I've got I've got my own last move in the home like, and the, that's where I sit that's that's me that's yeah yeah I do this I do that that's and it's weird when somebody comes in if say you've you got somebody who only visits the house every now and again yeah say a visitor or something they come in they sit in your seat is no I just said this. I, I literally said this stare at them until I Because that can be quite disconcerting, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can have that effect upon people. Yeah. Well, I choose to. So yeah, but it, it's 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 land because you you sort of relate to the way that the world the world and life puts everything on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, he has to struggle on to move move on, and every, he gradually learns more about the world by being himself and seeing the way people interact and then any of the other characters yeah I would argue that Leonard's character evolves more than anybody else even like Wallowitz who gets married has children um, and yeah, Leonard Sheldon goes on a massive evolutionary arc but Leonard's arc is quieter and far more subtle and he just sort of learns to cope with yeah. who he was and who he becomes and that's why I, I, I can relate to Leonard even though he is a massive overachiever and he has all these wonderful ideas everybody always says makes him feel small because the ideas he has yeah. like that. best thing about Leonard is he gave all geeks hope that we can get the girl <laughs> oh I had no doubt about that <laughs> I, I, that that's an entirely different story story for another day yeah well you know that's that starts when you're when you're 15 you discover oh I can be charming when I choose to do you think Big Bang Theory stays like consistent or did it sort of I think it jumped the shark around Series ten, maybe. Okay. Series eleven. Um, I can't say I've seen anything recent. It, it tried to appeal to a more mainstream audience, and the beauty of, the, of Big Bang Theory was that it always was its own thing. Yeah, it yeah. didn't have to reach out and try and pull a more mainstream audience in. Um, when it did that, it sort of failed. Yeah, yeah. But as for Leonard, no, oh, I can tell. Sorry about strippers. Make the. <laughs> <laughs> So I worked for the company. I, what I discovered when I was <laughs> working in America, I loved the company strippers. That's for when we launched mass movement X-rated. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is another story for another day. Let's stay with good TV. Another good show uh, is the Goldbergs. My favourite show. 
Is it really? Oh, I, I, I adore the Goldbergs. I absolutely adore it. Is it one of those shows that takes you back to that time? Yeah, because it throws everything at you that, you know, <clears throat> from that period that you, you remember, and it throws it in such a disjointed way that you never know what's coming next. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you recognise little bits of yourself in different characters. There's little bits of yourself in Barry, there's little bits of yourself in Adam. You, you know, I recognise bits of my old man in, in Murray and bits of other people in Beverly. And, but it's yeah. just, I think it's consistently funny. I think the characters are probably relatable. So it's, it's, it's basically, it's Adam Goldberg. It's the writers of the... Adam F. Goldberg, yeah. Yeah, it's basically a, a sort of parody or... A, well, it's him relating stories from his early life, but in Belgium. Yeah, and yeah. To the become. And he grew up in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So he grew he grew up as a, as a geek in the eighties. Right. Okay. As a, you know, as, as a film loving geek. I mean, he's a, again, then when I become a successful playwright and he's written film scripts and he's worked yeah. Hollywood. Um, and it's just seven seasons of one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And every May, I'm just I pray to the gods, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, give us another series. And I've just renewed the Goldbergs for season eight. Is it in eight seasons deep now, is it? Well, it's going to be eight seasons deep wow. in the next season, so we're on the seventh series. I mean, it, series one of seven, the Goldbergs, is, is on awful. You yeah. can literally binge the whole thing. Yeah. Um, please, just if you haven't seen it, make sure you do, because it will have you wet yourself laugh. I, I was going to say, I've seen the old sort of episode, but um, I never really sort of sat Oh, it's, it's literally one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. There's a warmth and a human decency to this show that is sorely lacking in everything else. Wow, okay. Um, and it's just, despite the characters not being stereotypical, they are. Yeah. And there's a sort of, um, you can, you, you recognise yourself in these characters, you recognise your friends in these characters. Yeah. They're apart, because it's in the 80s again, and it's, this was the decade, literally, when I, from child to, to an adult, you know, it, the 80s it, it is my decade. You, yeah. you kind of, everything about that decade is, is precious and it's being looked at again and sort of retrofied. And I don't know, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, wonderful. it could only be made from somebody who was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. funny and it's, there's, like I said, there's a warmth and a decency to it that is severely lacking in, in most TV shows. And it's just, it's just great. We can do a song. That's on there. Uh, yeah. Is that Channel 4? It's Channel 4, 4 but yeah. Yeah, if you go onto all four, like the, the, the app, yeah, yeah. you get that and you download it. You can just literally binge all seven series of Goldbergs. Yeah. And that's a good, great way to spend a weekend. Okay, so let's, uh, let's switch to music now. It's a local to us in Wales. Right. They're called System of Slaves. Yeah. I caught up with the guys and gals uh, recently, and this is what they had to say. This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. Okay, so uh, I'm with South Wales' newest punks, uh, System of Slaves. I've got Paul, Keita, and Di on the line. Uh, there's a bit of buzz going around about you guys, because you've all been, you know, been pre- in bands previously. How's it going for you guys? You okay? Just wonder where the buzz was at all. It must have been a bee. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a little bit of buzz about you. There's a little bit of buzz about you. Have you? I've seen it. You did. But I think it was the that, that cliche, wasn't it? The the band that can't play is better than a band that can. <laughs> as soon as we were, we were going to play a gig, they decided to close the world, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> your, your fault. <laughs> So the ape come more then, I think. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the band then. How did it start? How did it come about? Well, Paul and I are partners. 
so I don't know really we we just kind of decided one drunken wine soaked evening um <laughs> I mean I've never been in a band so we just decided one evening that I was going to be a singer <laughs> oh, nice I, I was actually I was learning who could play the guitar and you wanted to do vocals that's right I'm running the guitar like for over years I've known Keita she wrote a lot of poetry okay and basically I said they would make really good song lyrics yeah so a lot of the songs are based on a, like poets poems she'd written and had ideas from okay so, cool so then you got all the die yeah yeah well I mean, I've asked a few times, for, as you know, in the past. I mean, we've had, we had ideas before. We could never quite find a line up. Okay. Cause, uh, mainly because, like, vocalists and and even bass players as well. I mean, like, Fletch was a bit of a, a lucky sort of break, to be fair. Right. Got me, got me to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he was made to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when you uh, palm someone off, tell them to come over the house to buy an touch because you're going to give them an album for free. Yeah. And I go, by the way, do you fancy playing bass? <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the um, self-titled EPs out in Bank Bank app now. Um, I seen one review which I thought was pretty accurate, saying you sort of uh, or they compared you to Burning Flag. Were there any sort of particular influences or a sound you were going for when you got the band together? Um, yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I I call what I do like menopausal punk. <laughs> okay. Um, which is probably why it's like you know women past a certain age, um, you know, you just don't want to push their buttons. Yeah. Um, but I mean, most of the well, from a, a music sort of perspective, that's really down to you, Paul. Really, coming up with the ideas for. I don't think it was a main direction, but I play in a couple of bands. Yeah. Changing the tuning was at the forefront because you didn't want the bands to be similar then. So, like, the easiest way to go then is to go heavier. Okay, so you're also obviously in social experiments, so it's, it's different tuning to social experiment, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an heavier tuning, it's more down-tuned. Right, okay. So it, it gives a better variance of, like, trying to get two bands to do the same idea sort of thing, like. Yeah, yeah. I think with SOS, it went off down more of an heavy sort of route. Like, Fletcher's influences as well, because he's quite into his heavy music okay it's like you know we, we worked out what was best because we were with, with Dave as well just like trying get something to sound good basically you know that we'd all enjoy which is it's not like like punk punk there's probably quite a bit of rock or metal in there somewhere as well but well yeah there's a, there's a bunch of influences you know, I mean it's, it's like kind of crust it's kind of there's some hardcore it's some sort of, uh, yeah, you say punk, it's, um, it's a mixed bag, but it's really good. Yeah, it's when the darkness bits comes out. That's, that's what... <laughs> <laughs> Channeling you're in a rock star. <laughs> you were meant to keep that secret, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible for that, aren't I? Couldn't help it, it just came flying out. 
it's it's when like we all grow our hair long and start doing windmills on stage. It is. <laughs> so one of my favourite tracks on it is uh, Chaos and Order. Uh, we played that on the uh, the podcast. Deals with uh, at least I think it does anyway. Deals with sort of that traditional cult, you know, cultural norm, sort of the alleged battle of the sexes, sort of thing. What are the sort of themes were you looking to? What did you explore on the EP? Um, well, again, hence why I called it menopausal punk. So it's just issues really that um, you come across in life. So yeah. rather than it being all like you know, punk's quite political. Yeah. Um, I just. I just wanted it to be more relatable to the sh- kind of shit that goes on in life, really. And um, the influence for that one was, I guess, I mean, I've got teenage, I've got teenage son, I've got grown-up boys. Yeah. So I see the world very much from the perspective that they would see it from. Okay. And, and it, it, it always, it, everything, always comes down to that. You know, the fact that men and women, we just can't seem to get on. And actually, if we just did, the world would be a better place. And there seems to be a culture, particularly in schools, where um, they're teaching this concept of toxic masculinity. And actually, I mean, I go along, we've got another song called Anger. Because anger is a very worthy emotion. And young men especially should be allowed to express it okay not in a domestic violence way and we deal with that in another song but you know certainly anybody should be able to express anger in a healthy way yet um having read the stuff that comes from school they they're being taught that anger is not an emotion that any male should express in any way as in anger is unhealthy and I just think that's crazy I, I gotta agree with you yeah I mean I'm uh, I got two uh, boys who are school age so yeah I tend to agree with you they're, they're sort of being taught that anger is anger just shouldn't exist well it, it that's just that's just that is meant as you say it's crazy it's, it's got to be yeah. expressed healthily hasn't it yeah, uh, yeah so uh, the next song on from that is is called anger and um, which you won't have heard yet. It's a surprise. Um, and that and that deals with it. I mean, obviously, it's the woman singing it. And yeah, I'm I'm pretty angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. You said it's your first. This is your first band, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. You sound like I don't mean that this to be uh, derogatory. You sound like you've been doing it for years, though. You sound just natural. Oh, what I've been doing for years. So the practice that I've had vocally on my on my vocal cords is obviously I've just mentioned I've got four boys yeah <laughs> so um I've just been yeah I'm a girl so I've just been practicing shouting for the <laughs> yeah. <next> 26 years <laughs> and I'm really I'm really good at it yeah yeah definitely you've not played yet have you no our first gig was actually um the first Saturday of lockdown so the Anoli Alliance in the Dolls House Oh, okay. Uh, obviously, that was called off, yeah. Yeah. So lockdowns really put a spanner in the works as far as uh, playing live. But I mean, um, are you, so you ready to gig? You, you guys are ready to go? I'd say about another two weeks, and we doll it as a set. I mean, we're back rehearsing, which is nice, and it, it's come together a lot better. You know, like after three months on, you think you'd be going back to the you know the beginning, but it, it actually haven't been like that. It's, it's still, it's been. This is a relief to go and do it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. 
like you know it's already like yeah everybody you know would love to play a gig like definitely yeah I mean uh, what's the plans for you after lockdown I mean are you looking to sort of uh, get as many gigs as possible or is this sort of like secondary to social experiment or is it alongside each other or um, well I've never seen anything as secondary yeah. I mean it's a bit of a juggle I'm sure it's going to get a lot worse <laughs> but, um, especially when somebody books you both well I mean the idea of like well, there's still a chance that both bands can play with each other because like like with social Nicky plays in another band for example yeah like SOS had a lot of gigs there was quite a few actually and we, we lost quite a few already and still quite a few for the rest of the year and it all seemed to like work out fairly even so it wasn't really a worry and like social don't really play a lot of gigs as well it's an hard one to figure out but like I think like like South Wales and the South has got a, a good scene yeah but it's still a bit disjointed you still like look at like a flyers and posters and you'll see like like if, if such and such a place puts a gig on there's only bands from that place playing yeah I agree yeah you know it, it should be more mixed where you know to try and bring more communities together of like you know to, to make a scene I agree like, and then so like I think when you come to like playing like gigs well say the rest of UK then because of like every sort of city's got its own pocket it becomes harder to find gigs as well because it's, it's, it's they all got their own little pockets there's all little smaller scenes of build up and because of like the way gigs go you get a lot of local bands on their bills as well so so you know that it does tend to work out well i mean like the social are writing an album as well for the moment i mean we're about three songs short so okay i mean we we were looking at finishing out we, we we lost our german tour in april oh really which was yeah we we had a german tour we lost that because of lockdown oh no which which was a bit of a bummer really but yeah then, there's nothing you can do about it that's right yeah I think for me basically it just means I play the guitar more and like being in a couple of bands I mean at least at some points we'll be on the same bills yeah but up until then it'll probably be more like first come first served I mean if you've agreed to play something you can't just say oh I can't do it now because I'm playing with the other band of course yeah yeah it just isn't going to you know going to go down well because everyone's friends in the end that's right, yeah, I mean, yeah. You do a band of friendship, so it's like, you know, you, once you've said you're going to do something, I think it's just fair to say, well, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Di? Um, I mean, your last band was Failed State. What's it feel like to get behind the kit again? Well, to be honest with you, I was a little bit disjointed at the end of Failed State. Um, I may have packed it all in. Um, when Payne comes sort of shouting, and um, it, this feels very different, really. This feels quite fresh. Uh, I wouldn't say I was disjointed with the punk scene, but uh, having a family and sort of a little one, yeah. taking a lot of time up. Um, so I, I did. Um, Failstate was very busy in a short space of time. Failstate went a bit mad in and too quickly, to be honest. It, I don't know if that's possible, but people did get tired very quickly, and we spent a lot of nights on the road, and I made it maybe burnt ourselves out a bit. Okay. Uh, which, there was a few sort of little niggles towards the end of it, and and I'm just glad the four of us came out of it and still speak and still friendly. Um, you know, you can still go for a couple of beers, and obviously John's moved on to play in other bands, and Dale's sort of packed things up a bit. Yeah. Um, 
no, it, it kind of, it's, it's, this is good. This is this is new. This is exciting. This is for me. It, this is very different. And I did a lot in Fail State. I did, you know, I saw the merch. I booked shows. Yeah. Um, you're in a band yourself with John, and you you know fully well that um, sometimes you kind of book shows and you you know things sort of it, it kind of runs away with you. Um, you know, we booked tours, we did, you know, we were running merch off, and it seemed to be, I did most of it, which which was fine, but this is more, everyone's involved, everyone, you know, it, there's a message goes out between us all, we all talk, um, and it, it's nice, it's not, it's not so rushed, it's not, you know, even with the right inside of things, it, some of the failed state stuff, like Payne made a very good point when we recorded this this EP, um, I put a post up that failed state done probably eight to ten tracks in half a day, and to be honest with you, that happened. Um, <laughs> that's probably why it, at some point uh, the recording wasn't the best, but it did okay. It, it got us gigs and tours out of it, um, and we you know we did really well with it. It pushed really well, and we enjoyed it. But it did it did frazzle out the section. This is a bit more. I got I've got more shoulders to lean on, you know. Like Paul's been around a long time. He's he's done it a long time. Yeah. Um, and me and him have got some good contact, so that's why when we started booking shows, they kind of flew in really because we had some people we could contact already. Um, and yeah, it's 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 mad how things quickly just sort of went from we were jamming one night in in the green rooms to. Well, we booked some dates. <laughs> uh, so you've just rediscovered that love of playing again, yeah? Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm beaming. It's just, I, you know, I end up buying shitloads more equipment. I end up, If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. Cool, that was System Slaves. It was great chatting to those guys. And you can hear part two of that interview on the next episode. Okay, cool. On the last episode, you may remember that we started a new regular feature where we take a deep dive onto a classic punk or hardcore band. We started out with Sick of It All and we're going to continue with the New York hardcore trend. This episode, we're going to do Youth of Today. One of my favourite bands. Yeah. The top um, ten, top five, top three, top one. <laughs> Top 15? Top 15, okay. Top 15. All right. And you've had the pleasure of seeing them live? I have. That was only twice, okay. Twice. I saw the Plant X in Liverpool. Back in the day, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. I knew some of the last couple of years. And when they played London last year? Yeah, the Dome in London. Yeah. 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 Which was what? 2018, 19? 18, maybe, wasn't it? 18, maybe? 17, 18? Yeah. How does your relationship with you today start? It goes back to break down the walls. Okay. Um, I wasn't cool enough as a hardcore kid to get the Can't Close My Eyes EP. Okay. The first one, which is on Kevin Second's label. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, at the time I was reading, I'm not forces. Yeah. Because they used to have a section where you trade tapes with everybody from around the world. And as I was reading it, um, one time I noticed there was a review from a live review I think it might be written by Mike Jitter right who of Triple X 
yeah. Andy who wrote for all the magazines back then, and he was reviewing Youth Today. And I remember reading this review, and I went to Rock Scene Records in Bridgeton maybe two weeks later, or something. And I was looking through the import rack, and Youth Today's Break Down the Walls was in there. Nice. The original on Wishing Well. Yeah. Uh, Patty Bar from Uniform Choice. Yeah, yeah. His label. So, oh, I've got to get this quick. This bullet time was an import, and it was like 10 quid or something back in 80 <laughs> 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 and that was that's quite a lot of money because you, know, you get you two you get two albums for the price of this one record yeah this one record so i bought this one record and it was 20 minutes long if that <laughs> it just literally blew me away and absolutely changed my life okay and um so when did the Planet X gig come in? Planet X is a gig, is a venue in Liverpool, yeah? Yeah, it's a venue in Liverpool. So, um, <clears throat> I think coming to play until after the next album. Okay. Because they, they were touring. Not in the Salon? Well, not in the Salon. Yeah. But I remember, I went into Autonomy Records in Cardiff. Yeah. And I was talking to Marvin, who was running, and he said, there's a new Youth Today record coming out. Yeah, yeah, you like all that straight edge shit, didn't you? Yeah. That's what he yeah, yeah, I like all that straight edge shit, Mark. Yes. I'm getting the new today record in in the middle of next week. Um, I'll have it on the Wednesday because Marvel's open like a couple of days a week. So open Saturdays and like maybe the afternoons of a couple of other days in the week. Yeah. And I was going into Cardiff with my school to see a uh, theatre production right. for, for an A-level English class and I was the only one in my year going so it was like all upper six and there was me fucking lower six come back dickhead <laughs> and uh, so we, we got there we got there early and they literally said you've got half an hour in Cardiff before you have to be back to the cinema yeah so I before you have to be back to the theatre I'll the cinema <laughs> so I legged it across Cardiff to Marvin's uh, <laughs> with the cash in my pocket which I had I like getting there and I, is it Marvin? he goes yeah it's just coming in the day here it is money <laughs> oh, gone nice that theatre took it home listened to it it's fucking brilliant the production on the original Caroline records um, vinyl issue is shite it's shockingly bad the drum yeah. sound is just this is it's all a wall of muddy sort of it's not great so they came over to tour on that record now, foolishly I got, cause I got family in Liverpool, I, I found out they were playing up in Liverpool, so I went up there, got the train up, so I didn't know anybody at the Planet X yeah. show, and it's, it's, it was mental, and it, it was, um, I met a guy called Mooney up there, and we became friends after that, but it was, like the Wolf Pack, the Northern Wolf Pack, as they called themselves then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were all there, um, and they were just loonies. Uh, yeah, yeah, in a really good way. Heath and all those boys. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I mean, I, I saw him all that show and it was shout out Heath. Shout, always a shout out Heath. Heath, yeah. Heath, Heath rules. All right, there, boy. <laughs> um, and it was just one of those mental shows that leave a lasting impression on you. And they, they, I mean, they split up soon after that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the disengage EP after that. That's right. Yeah. But it was that first EP break, first LP break down the walls that just sort of turned me on that idea of really fast, powerful, raging hardcore with it fast, 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 slow down, wash, but sing along. Yeah. Fast, 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 fast. Youth that they did that for me. Before any other sort of New York hardcore bands, before 
sick of it all before the Gorilla Biscuits for that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was youth that they released that record that turned me on to bands like the Gorilla Biscuits. So I started listening to that. I started listening to far more New York hardcore. I yeah. discovered my favourite New York hardcore bands via Youth Today. Oh, okay. Because my favourite New York hardcore bands are. Isn't, uh, it isn't Youth Day, it isn't the Chromax, it isn't Sick of It's Sheer Terror yeah. and Underdog, and both of which I get to from Youth Day, because uh, from Youth Day I got the Gorilla Biscuits, which may, leads me to the Where the Wild Things Are, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which I picked on Blackout, which had Sheer Terror on them. It was the first time I heard them, I was blown away with them. Youth Day leads me to Underdog, because Youth Day's guitarist mm. on that first EP, Richie Birkenhead, is the singer for Underdog. Of course, yeah. Um, and I love Underdog so much that I named my magazine after one of their songs. Yeah. Like, this podcast is named after an Underdog song because it's yeah. a mass movement. Because they are, Underdog and Sheer Terror are equally my favourite New York hardcore bands of all time. And they, lyrically, they're, they're more relevant to me than any of the other bands. Bands, yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, much as I love youth today, I'm, I'm not a straight edge guy. I've never no. been a straight edge guy, so I can't relate. Yeah, of course, yeah, I can relate yeah. the ideas of unity and friendship and camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. But apart from that, the whole straight edge thing just sort of passes me by, as as does the Harry Krishna thing. Um, that's another thing I don't. I think my get. my history with these today starts, but it starts actually when Shelter first came about. Right. Okay. Um, so are we talking the Equal Vision re- record Shelter? Yeah, what's the first one before the, the before the Roadrunner one? They did, they yeah. did something with Equal Vision, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I heard about this band, Youth of Today, because also, um, being a Sick of Will fan, Chris yeah. Tari had also played in at some point, so, so you start looking backwards, don't you? Like, yeah. But I could never find anything well, with Youth of Today. Talking about Satari, first time I interviewed Craig Satari, yeah. who is still one of my favourite people to interview in the world, because he's really, really funny and really out there and sort of, you, you, you can't second guess anything Craig Satari will ever tell you. And he told me a couple of stories about Ray Capo, which made me go, ooh, there's, there's no love lost between those guys at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that all stems from his time in youth today. Okay. So I did, obviously I checked Sick of Roll out a few years prior. And you start checking out four bands in and who they're on their thanks list and stuff right. like that. You, you, know, you find out Craig's Atari has been in youth today. It's like, right, yeah. I want to hear that right now. Couldn't find anything. And obviously, you know, you're keeping your ear up, then you shelter. Of drops them, which yeah. are basically members of you that they um, one that first on shelter, they're okay, but didn't really. It was a bit too much at, at that point. I wanted heavy, yeah, and uh, a bit too much on the pop side of things. But then around that time, that's when I just got I found the youth of today record, yeah. or maybe a friend of mine did, and it was it was going around the circle, yeah. then. Uh, maybe McKee or Butcher or one, one of us did, and then, um, yeah, that's when I, I became a fan basically. It was uh, I love them, so I'm not, I'm still not. Uh, a, a massive fan of Shelter. There's some great Shelter songs, and I will. But Youth Today are just something else. I, I think yeah. there's something special about that first Youth Today lineup. There's something even more special about you know Porcel and Capo and Sammy and yeah. That is the definitive Youth Today lineup for me. Yeah, much yeah. as I love you know Richie and and Craig and. They're almost a super group because every member is sort of legendary. Has gone on through something else. Yeah, yeah, but it's together. They're they're better. They're better than some of their parts. Together, yeah, yeah. they're incredible. Yeah, yeah. Away from each other, they're not so great. Sammy Seagull, one of my top uh, top ten drummers. Oh, easily. Yeah, yeah, absolutely easily. I mean, people when people talk about like New York hardcore drummers, they always talk about Armand. They always talk about Mackie. 
Sammy Seeger is right up He's there. in like that competition too, for Absolutely, sure. Absolutely, he yeah, yeah, has yeah. to be. Because yeah. he's, he's so good. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. You know, he is just a drummer where you go, wow, yeah. okay, yeah. A poor Sal, I've enjoyed everything Paul Sal has been involved in. Yeah, he's not the greatest guitar player in the world, but he has a feel and a sort of... He's a field player, he's not a technical player. So I enjoyed it. So I found you for today, but I, yeah. I found in later years enjoying, enjoying Shelter a bit more than I originally did. Right. I think at that time I, wa- I was into sort of the heavier side of thing. I wanted Mad Ball, not the front, something yeah. a bit more yeah. raw. But these guys were singing about Unity. I was like, oh, fuck Unity, I want to, I want to hate everything. I want sheer terror, you know? <laughs> Unity has its place. But I, again, like I've said before, I'm more Paul Bear and Richie Birkenhead than I am yeah, yeah. Capo. Yeah. Right? That's just the side of life I swing towards. Yeah. It's just it's just the way I see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you know, your formative years and the way you see people and the way you relate to them have a massive impact on you and the way you, you view the universe. And I, you know, that's where I drift towards. Sure. Yes. So, break down the walls, is that the definitive use of today record? See, I am torn between Break Down the Walls and We're Not On This Alone because they're both incredible hardcore albums. And I think they're both essential hardcore records. And would you like to see, as they, they, they do tour occasionally now, would you like to see them write more stuff or leave it alone, boys? Leave it alone. Uh, that's right, I think. Tour, the, the, the classics, yeah. don't write anymore because you'll never match the power and intensity of those records you, yeah. you can't do it no that's right because they are that was a, that was a moment in time a magical moment in time and I'll go see you today anytime they play I really will and I will enjoy this set and I will sing along and for that 45 minutes to 50 minutes when they play a, absolutely every song they've ever written I'll have the time of my life yeah. but don't record anymore because there's no need to it's a perfect encapsulation of an incredible time I think we leave that there. There's nothing more to be said about you today. No, no, indeed. indeed. So, um, anybody who may have checked out uh, the Mass Movement website this week would have seen that we... Well, it's last week we did. Last week, sorry, yeah. We launched the new video by Dan This Desert Air. Yeah. It's called Body Anchor, back in Atlantis. To me, they sort of got a... I don't know, sort of stone rock vibe with a bit of tool. That's fair enough to take something like that from, but to me, they are just seaweed all over again. They, are, they have okay, yeah, the yeah, power yeah. and the that. pop yeah, sensibility yeah. of that yeah. band and the, and the melodies. That's why I, I love them, because they just remind me of seaweed. They've got um, maybe a bit of quicksand thrown in, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of, yeah, there's a bit of, um, I, I hate to use the term, but post hardcore. Yeah. But do you know what I mean when I say post hardcore? Well, yeah, I know. You know the bands I'm getting at. I, I, no, I, I understand completely. Helmets? Love it? No. I can't stand helmet. You can't stand helmet. Hate helmet with a passion. Oh my god! Um, because I think that helmet, right, to me, are the very definition of a sort of hipster hardcore band. They were very confusing when they, when I first saw helmet. I didn't know where. I I just it's just like yeah yeah yeah. It, I just didn't get it. I and I still don't. But damn this does. Uh, they they got that same sort of energy and same sort of wonderful sense of melody that seaweed had. Because they were a, a, a slightly out there band as well, and yeah, I, I, I go see Damn This Desert any day of the week, and that, that video is something else. Yeah. Incidentally, the video is made by the same guy who made the Film Age documentary, the, the Sense documentary. Really? It is, yeah. Okay, cool. That's a throwaway disposable fact for you, to stick in your hardcore fighting unity <laughs> yeah. brain. So the new album, Nebulosity, 
That's been the EP, yeah. EP, sorry, yeah, yeah. It's been recorded at uh, Porter Records Studios. Um, so next week. By the guy who did the Dillinger Escape Plan and Kiss It Goodbye. So that's got my interest already. It's out this week. Yeah. Um, should we have a little listen to him and check him out? We shall indeed. Okay. Put so him on, Sean. Put him on. Yeah. This is Dan this desert here, and this is called Body Anchor Back in Atlantis.
Okay, cool. So that was Dan, this desert air, body anchor. Check them out. They're on Engineer Records. Uh, the video is out now. We've got a mass movement if you want to look at that. But I, we fully recommend you check them out. Indeed. Hi, this is Barney Veer from Night Farm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. All right then, so a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of speaking with JT, Andy and Duncan from Cardiff Stoner Space Outfit, or Lighthammer. We had a tracking conversation, and here's what the boys have to say. Okay, so I'm with the guys from Lighthammer, three-piece Stoner Space Rock from Cardiff. Uh, we got Andy, JT and Duncan. How are you doing, guys? You all, you all good? Yep, all good, thank you. How's lockdown treating you all? You're doing pretty good himself. Not so bad, not so bad, yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning of Lighthammer then. Uh, how did how did Lighthammer come to be? How did you guys get to know each other? Go tell us a little bit about that. Um, okay, well, like basically, like, like I met I, I met Andy like a really, really, like a really, really long time ago now. Like this was like four years ago now, like in 2016, because I was looking for musicians to start a band. Which would sound like a little bit like uh, a little bit like Lighthammer, actually. If that that sort of like uh, like Torch was a really really big influence of mine. Like I just started listening to them like three years prior, and I absolutely loved it. I remember listening to it and thinking, this is exactly the sort of music I want to make. Uh, put out ads on Gumtree, and that particular musical project never really got off the ground. But Andy and I stayed in touch, and uh, we resurrected one of my old bands, Cobalt Suns, and I brought him on board for that. After that finished, we decided to give it another try. Like, uh, like, but like, we, we, Lighthammer wasn't gonna sound uh, the way it actually ended up sounding. Like, I had in mind that we were gonna sound a little bit more like, um, a little bit more like the Joy Formidable of all people, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah, massive compared to what we uh, are right now. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, that's that's um, you and Andy knew each other from previous bands. How did uh, how did you come into the frame, Dunk? Uh, I used Andy used to be in another band that I was in. Uh, that was a fair while ago as well. And then I just saw he posted a an advert looking for a drummer for a new project on Facebook, and I fancied a go. So yeah. Cool. And what was this? This is like what two, three years ago, or just over a year ago, really, isn't it? Really? Wow. Twenty eighteen, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it yeah, was 20, like, yeah, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. I mean, was, uh, yeah, yeah, practice. Yeah. Wow, okay. God, it seems like you've been. I just think about it, I was trying to work out. It seems like you've been long, longer than that, you know? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, uh, like we, we've, not been, uh, we've not been going. We've not been going for all that long, actually. And um, it's, like, it's weird. Uh, one of the things Andy's done recent, like, in, in recent times is he's just kept like a little sort of like log of everything that we've done. Okay. And considering we, oh, consider we've been around for uh, like, well, yeah, just like just just about two years, and only really been gigging since November of 2018. Uh, we've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole um, lifetime is based on sort of like a space concept. Is, is that would I be right in saying that? And was that sort of born before the band, or did it evolve as before the band got after the band got together? Uh, I'd say a bit of both, really, because. Um... As, as Jules said, when we jammed together before trying to get another band uh, going, that had a bit of a space theme song title and song theme-wise, and two of the current Lighthammer songs are actually songs from that old project. Right. So, um, you know, as, as we kind of started writing Lighthammer songs, we 
immediately introduced these old sort of two songs and everything and sort of started from there we started writing stuff with that kind of theme and idea running along oh, i see right okay so the, the debut album uh drops next week i believe is that right yeah called galaxy i've had a listen some massive riffs on it i love it so uh, good work guys thank you the main obviously we talked about the main feature being space space exploration human endeavor would you call it a concept album or is it just sort of something you're passionate about you've you've made it you know, made a party music um yeah like i think i think uh, i think concept album is probably is probably fair we, we like we were laughing about this um i think uh, like after after we finished writing uh after we finished the writing album number one i mean like we, like we uh, wrote these songs uh wrote the, like wrote like it's a, it's a trilogy it's called the galaxy trilogy so like uh, that includes galaxy right now which is going to drop uh, going to drop next week yeah uh, album number two which is called andromeda and album number three which is called contact i mean like these are like these are all already planned because there's a grand overarching story between all, all three of them and he's being very very modest when he says oh yeah like it, we, we kind of went along and like it, it, it kind of happened like you know, kind, like kind of organically andy is largely responsible for the uh largely responsible for the, for the concept because for the concept of it i mean like he just like just it's kind of like quiet but infectious enthusiasm for it and just like oh what do you think about the idea of like doing it kind of this way and i was so totally on board for it um you're just like yeah actually all of this makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah i i call it overactive imagination <laughs> <laughs> that's fine i mean it gives it you know um it gives it a given a different twist you know there's not, there's not many bands, like especially in the Cardiff scene, who are doing stuff like this, you know? So for me, it gives it a, an interesting twist. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to um, to write a kind of standard formulaic album with, say, you know, 10, 12 tracks that are all quite separate to each other. But, um, you know, in the past, I think many of us are fans of uh, concept bands or bands that have a certain imagery around their, their yeah. writing and style. And just the idea as we are writing songs they you know the, the more we we wrote we tried to connect them to the, the other songs and turn it into some kind of journey across you know the, the album so to speak i see yeah cool so what does the the songwriting process look like for you guys oh it's tough isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well i think to start with um i'll, I'll note that we're recently discussing this and uh, Galaxy as an album took us about six to eight weeks to write. Well, okay. Um, obviously, I mentioned earlier that we introduced two older songs from jam sessions that J Jules and I had had, but, yeah. um, you know, it's, um, it, it, by, the, by the time we started practicing collectively as Lighthammer to having written the last track for the album even though they changed a bit over time it was sort of six seven weeks roughly okay so how, how does it work like break it down does it is it like sort of uh, is it jt comes in with a riff or andy comes in with a riff or is it dunk comes in with a particular beat it's, what's it's how, do, how do your songs build it's worked out both ways really hasn't it uh, uh either andy will come in with a with a bass line um that he's written or or, or jt will come in with a with a with a riff and we'll we'll work off that um but yeah it's all it, it just all seemed to fit together so nicely um cool. that we managed to sort of rip through these uh these tracks very very quickly yeah yeah 
And what, and the, I would, I'd also say that when it, when it comes to when it comes to sort of like the songwriting process, I mean, yeah, like either I either I come to practice with a riff or like the, like the thing that generally tends to happen is I find that Andy writes like bass riffs and then we create and we create an entire song around that. Or I'll have like written something. I, I have a tendency to write complete songs, okay. uh, like at home, and then I'll bring that with, I'll bring that with me to practice, and I'll already kind of have in mind what I want to uh, sort of like happen to it. But also knowing that as soon as I bring it to the as soon as I bring it to the guys, uh, it might change quite drastically. And actually, one of the one of um, Dunk's major like I don't, I don't know if I've actually said this to you, Dunk, but I think one of your one of your major. Uh, Contributions to uh, like how like how it's done. I think it's largely because you because you're drumming because you're um, so integral like you're integral in that sort of way. You're you're very good at arranging where stuff is supposed to go. You just kind of like suggest like oh yeah maybe like have this bit here or have like have this bit here. Like and, like literally the only the only thing I really have a tendency to tell Dunk what to do when it comes to when it comes to the drumming is like uh, I, say, I I say this to him a lot oh, yeah okay like that but like half time it. <laughs> Yeah, like a song is like this. This this needs I had this in mind, like being more upbeat or downbeat or sort of. Yeah, I know what you mean. Cause, yeah, certainly, uh, Dunk brings uh, a certain style to it, and it, I, I, I think I can speak for both myself and Jules. But stuff we brought to the, uh, the you know the practice room when we've started playing it and jamming it out, Dunk's drums have has also changed some of those for the better. So. You know, we, you start out with something in mind, going, "Oh, yeah, this is a nice, you know, slowish number, a bit sludgy." But then, when it's got a bit of slightly punk tinge drumming, yeah, it, it completely changes it and and makes it a more energetic song. And and that's one thing I like. Cool, man. So, uh, I mean, you're not confined to it, but you do fit nicely into that sort of um, stoner rock category, uh, a genre not particularly known for its positivity. Yet, you guys. There's a lot of PMA sort of. There's a lot of positivity in your in your words, in the music. A lot of uplift. Is that a conscious decision you're making when you're writing songs? I think for me, like yeah, um, I like I, I've, I've had I've had this kind of idea in my head for a re- like for a really really long time, which I just uh, which I just call uh, what if heavy heavy music or heavy metal but happy. And like that's literally that for maybe the last like ten fifteen years that's in, that's uh, that's informed a lot of my like a, like a lot of my songwriting because like I love heavier forms of music. I like metal is probably still my favourite form of music, but I always like the what like the bands which excite me the most at the moment in uh, in metal. Uh, like there's an incredible band called Astronoid who um, like literally these guys are all former black metal musicians. Okay. And uh, yeah, they like and they've just written like like especially, like, especially their especially their first album, uh, which is called Air, is just about the most positive thing. I've like, you 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 were like this incredible like very very fast paced all major key riffs, but with blast beats and like these wonderful sort of like lovely layered vocals over the top, so everything kind of sounds like it's floating. And then of course like an, like an, another really big, but like, especially influence on my songwriting. As uh, Bangle Torch, um, I like I absolutely love, and like it's their sort of like more positive uh, contributions to like the, the songwriting, which really, really kind of get my get my blood going. Like I listen to songs like Kicking, or I listen to songs like Keep Up, and I'm just like, yeah, that I want to do that. Like, yeah, they very much. We've had this, this conversation in private. I mean, you guys really remind me uh, of Torch. Yeah, just in the riffs and like like we say, the uplifting sort of uh, side of things. 
And it's good that, you know, you're bringing that sort of positivity to metal. So, um, good on you, I say. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, you've gained um, a bit of a following uh, in South Wales uh, with some cracking live sets, which I've seen. If 2021 allows, will you be looking to hit the road a bit further afield? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean like, even even just the, because, like, it seems like we've kind of, like, we've re- only really sort of, like, stuck, like, really, really sort of, like, stuck to Cardiff. I mean, um, we desperately, like, we desperately want to head over to Newport because, like, we we can't we kind of owe uh, we kind of owe the boys in that which ate the moon uh, sort of like a support like a like a support uh, gig right. game. Um, and yeah, just we just want to play a gig in in, in Newport. And uh, like, I'm quite friendly with all of the guys in a band called Earth who are from Swansea. Right. Yeah. And they had this like, had this idea where we do sort of like basically like a, we've got to call it like a three cities gigs where like when we play Cardiff. Like, like those guys, those guys will be on the bill as well, and we'll headline, and then we've got a Swansea Earth will headline, and we'll be their support, and then we've got a Newport that which at the Moon will headline, and we'll support there as well. But obviously, like apart from that, yeah, definitely look at definitely looking to go further afield, like because um, it's just like it's uh, it's still quite a big it's still quite a big country. I know it doesn't really seem like it, but it's a big country, and there's lots of it to explore. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like we want to spread the message, <laughs> spread the PME. <laughs> Okay, guys, uh, a couple of fun things at the end. Then. So, tinfoil hat time. I couldn't, leave, I couldn't, I couldn't leave go without asking. Did we land on the moon or what? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we did. Excellent. <laughs> That's the correct answer. Well done, guys. I can't stand all these uh, conspiracy theories theorists who are like sort of, you know, just sort of shooting down human achievement. You know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's not PMA, is it? Yeah. Like you say. Finally. So Lighthammer has been asked to curate a festival. You're opening. Pick two bands each that you would you would dream of playing with. You go first, JT. <laughs> Me first. Is yeah, it? go okay. on. Um, well, like, I, like I've, I've, I've already men- I've already mentioned both of them because because uh, like, like I love them so much. Uh, yeah, we're opening. Uh, Astronoid are on the bill and Torture on the bill. I mean, like I just because like I, I think it'd be kind of fun to play before those guys and then ha- and then. Uh, have those uh, have those guys play after us, and then for people to just kind of like, oh, so that's where all of that comes from. <laughs> nice, good choice. Go on, Dunk. Two two bands you'd love to play with. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I suppose I come at it from a slightly different angle, so I'm more into sort of punk and sort of post-punk type stuff. Yeah. And, and hardcore and stuff like that. Um, so I would love to play with Sick of It All. Yes. Uh, and uh, a band. And a band called Thursday as well. Nice, yeah, good choice. Yeah, good shout. <laughs> go on, Ed. Uh Well, I, I'm going to go with two choices. One, one would be given that JT's already mentioned Torch because yeah. they might well have been one of mine as well. But um, childhoods of long time love of mine, Therapy. Okay. I'd love to to play along with them. Yeah. And sort of on the spacey kind of shoegazy something that would fit in with the scene if we were picking that sort of thing is god is an astronaut nice big fan big fan of that band i, I was on a flight with them actually uh, from kiev to minsk with uh, darren okay um like year before last and we watched them in minsk and they were phenomenal live so i was blown away i'd really like to see them again that'd be a hell of a festival wouldn't it <laughs> alright cool so uh, like I said the album is called Galaxy it's out next week uh, where can we find it guys 
Uh, to begin with, it's going to be on Bandcamp. Uh, it's releasing on it's releasing on the eighth. It's going to be on Bandcamp for a couple of weeks because, you know, like while obviously we do this for uh, we like we do this for the love of doing music. I mean, you know, kind of make, make make a little bit of dollar first. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then like uh, like about about a week or two weeks afterwards, once it's been once it's been out for a while, then that's when it's going to hit all of the rest of uh, like all of the rest of sort of like online digital streaming and the like all that like so little like Spotify, uh, iTunes and stuff. And we like we're looking at um, looking at maybe like a couple of months after for like like physical copies, physical, like 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 CDs and stuff. Nice. Um, nice. We jokingly said if there's any. Uh, if there's, if there's literally any demand for it, maybe vinyl, but um, that'd be nice. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing with vinyl; it's expensive to produce, isn't it? Mm. All right, cool. And obviously, they can catch you on your Facebook as well um, for all the going, all the lifetime of goings on. Yeah, we're quite active. We're quite active on there. Um, like, and occasionally, you'll see, you'll, like, because mostly me that runs, uh, like, runs the Facebook and uh, like the Instagram thing. Is like literally, like, being as tongue in cheek as possible, like, with it, because you got to have fun with it as well. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, yeah. All right. Excellent. Okay, well, it's been lovely to talk to you, boys. Thanks for that. Thank you very Thanks much. Very much. All right, and uh, I'll see you again soon, all right? All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast. Good idea, that. I heartily endorse this podcast. Okay, just want to say thanks to the Lighthammer guys for that interview. It was great talking to them. Um, check them out. They're on Bandcamp. They're on Spotify. The album's called Galaxy. Go check them out. We, there was also another passing recently, which we have to sort of acknowledge. Cheap pig, man. Cheap pig, yeah, from SNFU. Oh, Kenshin, what a dude. Yeah, yeah. Super so I never had the pleasure live, you did. I did. Um, got a black eye from too. Nice, from the man himself. From the man himself. <laughs> yeah, he punched me straight in the face. <laughs> well, they were playing TJ's, um, and it was in one of the moments when he was getting lost in the song, and he had, I believe it was a fish mask on at the time? I think it was a fish mask on at the time. Yeah. And as he swung around, I was a bit close to the stage. Bang! Knocked <laughs> back, came through. Massive black eye came off straight away. So he goes off stage after they finished playing. And I didn't think twice about it because it's just part and parcel of being in the show. Yeah. So he comes over to me in the crowd with a beer, gives me this beer, and we have a couple of nice. goes after that. And then I didn't speak to him again for some years after that. Okay. But I was working for a record label mm. here. And I have to speak to Cheap Pig because of it, and we put out a live album by him. Okay, cool. Um, so I sort of got to know from that, and we lost touch again. And I never really sort of got back into talking to Ken again. Yeah. Um, so what did he was mental mental health issues? He had mental health issues. He was uh, I think he was paranoid schizophrenia. Right. And he was exacerbated by uh, substance abuse problems. Yeah. Um, it's awful. But I, right. I, I, I don't really know. But all I know is that he, even to the end, was this wonderful creative force. Yeah, yeah. And he was just, he followed his own path, he charted his own course, and he was just such a sweetheart. And musically, his band were, those first three records are just untouchable. It says something about the guy, that, you know, the, the amount of uh, tributes that have poured in. Yeah. You've seen all over the social media, even as far as bands like, I saw something like Faith and War guys. Yeah. At, um, you know, you reach that sort of audience. He, he is. He went across the. He was one of a kind. Yeah. And, you know, and no one else wanted to play. And if you swear you're catching a fish, those two arms will stand a test of that man's creativity. Yeah. Forever, because they are, they are so catchy, so wonderful, so brilliant. There isn't 
they didn't put a foot wrong on either of those records, that's in a few, and arguably he was the, the leading force behind them, you know? Yeah. Lyrically, he was so, his mind thought so differently, and he was just, oh, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever see his life again. Going back to that TJ's gig, do you remember yeah. who played them? Super Suckers. Was it really? Yeah. Wow. That's in a few of the Super Suckers. Because I remember, uh, when I think of TJ's and old flyers from TJ's, yeah. immediately pops in my head is the SNFU flyer. Right. I was trying to just think, I think then who played with them. Well, that, that was the second time they played. The first time they played, I was away. Okay. Somewhere, I don't, I don't even recall where. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was the Super Suckers, SNFU followed by the Super Suckers, and SNFU just blew them away. No way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Same when, same, go back to Seaweed, when Seaweed played with Bivouac. Yeah. Seaweed went on before Bivouac, which was a dreadful mistake on Bivouac's part, because Seaweed went on, bang, killed it. Yeah, yeah. Bivouac were left trying to follow that, and the Super Suckers were left trying to follow SNFU. And you can't follow that. You just... No. You just might as well go, oh, well, we'll go on then. Some bands have got energy, you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ken Chin, Cheap Pig, was one of the greatest flatmen I've ever seen. Okay. Literally, he is just, wow. Yeah. He's the kind of flatman you look at and you go, when I grow up, I want to be you. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. Just so the world's lost a uh, true innovator. A bright shining light, yeah. Bright shining light. Yeah. Where's priest, G? Yeah. Take it easy, Kevin. <laughs> Until the next live, brother. Okay, so that just leaves us to some shout-outs. Indeed. As um, always, Engineer Records. And David Gamage, yeah. And David Gamage. I want to thank the guys from System of Slaves. Do you? I do. I also want to thank Lighthammer for the interviews. Great do you? Great to those guys. I do. Well, I'd like to thank Buckcomb Brewery for pronouncing great beers. Well, I'd like to thank Siren Craft Brewery for sending me a lovely box of beer, <laughs> which I intend to enjoy thoroughly this weekend. <laughs> and with that... We'll bid uh, you bye-bye. Indeed. So long. Ta-ta. Farewell. Bath. Movement possess. Bath. Movement possess.